where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. It's always good when these things work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it says live on Facebook. Okay, welcome to the Courageous Recovery Broadcast. I'm your host, Randy Mortensen. This is a weekly 15 to 18 minute program where we provide the answers for your I don't know how. Whether you're dealing with recovery issues, emotions from loss of, of life or, or from a loss, or if life has just thrown you one more curveball than you were expecting, I'm glad you're here. Today, I'm just very blessed to, to have as my guest, uh, James Egidio, and we're going to talk about uh, just some of the, the huge impact that, that recovery has had in his life, and, and, and it's, it's, you're just going to love it. Uh, I see that we have people joining, joining us from coast to coast, literally, and, and it's just a blessing that we have... Uh, 15 or 16 foreign countries where there are listeners now. So thanks for taking time from your busy schedules. As always, for more information, uh, you can you can uh, learn more about recovery that, that I work on at randymortensen.com. Later in the show, I'll talk more about the 21-point assessment. That's a tool to determine whether you or a loved one qualifies for one of my programs called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort. So Today, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to talk to James, and I need to make a slide click here, and welcome, James. So, Thank you very much, Randy. James, it's Appreciate great it. to have you here, Thank sir. you. It's great to be with you today. And how's the weather in Las Vegas today? It's uh, warming up. It's warm and it's windy. Is it windy? Yes. Oh, interesting. Not a good okay. day for golf. <laughs> Not a good day for golf. <laughs> Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about um, what, what's, what's made an impact in your life? Well, let's start first. I think you're one of the first people that, that I've met that has actually grown up in Las Vegas. So how long have you been in Las Vegas? 
been here since uh, 1968. Uh, I moved originally from New Jersey. Uh, my parents got involved in the um, casino industry. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, I've been okay. here since 1968, about 50, 52 years now. And what, what was it like growing up in Las Vegas? In Very Sin interesting. City. In Sin City, what some would say, right? <laughs> yeah, Sin City. It, it's very interesting. It was uh, interesting dynamics of of uh, of people that came from all over, uh, and being in the casino industry and kind of living through uh, <clears throat> the um, that um, environment um, afforded me the opportunity to meet a lot of uh, people who, uh, let's just say. They made movies about <laughs> the movie Casino, uh, but it was interesting. It was an interesting, uh, interesting time. It was, it was nice. Okay, okay. And, and you shared with me when we talked the other day that um, you were a pretty darn good golfer as a kid. Take us down that journey. Yeah. So uh, I, I, we moved here in 1968. Um, my father. Uh, got me involved with playing golf at a very early age, around two. I started swinging the golf club. And uh, by the time I was 10 years old, um, he got me into playing competitive golf. Um, and I won the first day junior golf tournament, sanctioned golf tournament at the age of 10. Um, and uh, I was playing on the uh, local level and then even played on the uh, national level. And uh, wow. my entire childhood was dedicated to playing golf every single day. I was committed to playing, playing every day. And um, as, uh, as I got better at the game, um, and I even mentioned this in a, my video testimonial on my website, um, he uh, just for some reason or another started resenting my talent for playing the game and the turning point was one day when we were playing at this golf course and uh, anybody knows anything about playing golf. Um, I chose to hit a beautiful tee shot right to left on a dog leg to the left and place the, the uh, shot right in front of the green and he duck hooked it out of bounds. And um, so I, at 12 years old said to him, I says, uh, you know, you hit the ball out of bounds. And um, he gave me a backhand. And that was the turning point right across the nose. And that was the turning point of, um, of my career in golf. And um, so it led into uh, making some bad decisions. I just, it took the wind out of my sails. And I was just, you know, I don't want to practice anymore. I don't want to play. Sure. And uh, he, uh, I, well, I started using marijuana, started smoking marijuana at age 13. And, um, and I still, you know, I still played and I still practice, but my heart wasn't in the game. I was even, even played one year of high school golf as a sophomore. And um, then it uh, led into harder drugs. It led into cocaine at like 17, 18 years old. Uh, I started abusing uh, cocaine and um, I played one year in high school. Um, and uh, I decided to 
uh, trade in the um, substitute the challenge of golf for uh, for academics. So I got serious with school. I didn't party as much anymore in high school and um, decided to study uh, biology and take more challenging classes in high school uh, to aspire to get into, uh, to go to college, to be one of the first uh, in my family to go to college and uh, study biology and get into dental school at the time. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so what happened was, again, it was the verbal and physical or more the verbal abuse of, uh, you know, what, you know, you're trying to make yourself better and this and that. And it was got to a point where it was like, you know, it's like, where, do, where is this all going? And um, so uh, led into, uh, I, I ended up going to college, uh, ended up studying biology and um, I floundered back and forth with the college, with, with school and um, Gosh, around 1987, um, I uh, started to use uh, cocaine again because um, I had come back from, you know, from college up in uh, Reno, and um, got back involved with some of the, you know, with with some some of the wrong people, and started using again. And it was in 1987, uh, I overdosed on cocaine. And my sister basically found me in in this uh, state of just complete uh, disarray. And um, I overdosed and was rushed to the hospital and survived it. Wow. And uh, got involved with uh, some people uh, selling selling drugs to use in order to use, although I was still going to school and I was still um, maintaining a job and, and still exercising every day and, you know, trying to do the right thing. Um, and it wasn't until 1988 when I got in trouble, I got in trouble with the law and well, let, um, let, Jim, let's, let's do this. Let's come back to that. Because I think the significant one, one thing that I'd like our listeners to hear is, is, is this go all the way back to that, to that you hit a beautiful drive and, and here's where I'm trying to get to is if, if, if a dad today is in that situation with his son, what, what's the, what's the proper thing for that dad to do instead of slapping his kid? I mean, whew, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you would think that any parent that has a child that's aspiring to do something positive, that they would nurture that. They would embrace that and they would nurture that. And, um, you know, it was a shortcoming on my father's part, um, but it would be something that you would, that a parent should nurture and embrace and, um, you know, um, embrace it and nurture it. Right. Really. Right. And, and be an affirmation because you were exactly. giving it your all and, and dad, dad was probably jealous or envious or whatever the right adjective would be. Right. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And then, you, then you shared with me that you just had a rock star mom. So how, 
how did, how did your mom deal with, with your struggles early? And then I want to come back to the legal challenges. So my mom, um, was an amazing woman. She was the, my, my rock solid foundation. And, um, she, uh, always embraced this philosophy in life of body, mind, and spirit. She was a woman of faith. She had real good work ethics. She was a hard worker. She was a good steward of her monies that she made. Um, she embraced the body, mind, and spirit approach to life. That was her whole thing. So for me, it was one of them things where I gravitated more to my mom because I saw the positive in that. Sure. And with my father, it was one of those things where I was kind of a big letdown with that whole turning point with that situation and i even found out later on in life where all that came from and even forgave him and that was that's probably and i don't want to jump around but one of the the uh most important elements to overcome uh an addiction and right. and destructive right. behavior is forgiveness right and um so you know it's just one of those things where like i said i just gravitated towards my mom and it just, um, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. I mean, it was just wonderful. Yeah. And, you know? and, and, and then you were saying, I think that your parents then split up at some point also. And, and that's always tough. Uh, I was fortunate to not experience that in, in my parents. I had great parents, but I was that dad who, who wasn't a good dad and cost me a couple of marriages as listeners have heard from me before. So so then let's let's go to and I I'm, I apologize I cut you off before but okay. I wanted to talk about the before and then even the the things got darker for you right they did so what happened was after all this leading up to from the age 13 14 15 and going into the my last years of high school and aspiring to want to go to college and get the degree in biology Right around 1981, father uh, decided um, that he was going to have an extramarital affair. And I got dragged into this because I was in my last year of high school. And I was trying to make this transition from a somewhat of an unstable environment to more unstable environment with his infidelity. And I was there for my mother the whole time. So I watched her go through this whole quandary of this infidelity and you know and that's where i like i said it led into my going to school and then you know going to college and then um and leading in 21 22 years old meeting up with some bad company so it was a very rocky unstable relationship for gosh i would say what six seven eight years 13 to 20 21 22 so those are real critical years, I think, for development for any any child who wants to make, you know, important decisions in their life when there's no stability there. And like I said, my only stability back then was my mom. And she was like my beacon of hope for what she uh, emulated and, and can, um, you know, was leading by example with her right. philosophy of the body, mind and spirit approach right. of life. Right. Um, cause it's amazing. I was going through all that addiction stuff and, and I think not only for the good, the good Lord was watching over me. There's no question about it, but 
I was still being able, I was still able to maintain going to college, going to the gym every day, you know, working out uh, in my early 20s, um, maintaining a job, always worked. I was never out of a job. <clears throat> I just got involved with the wrong people and then the circumstances at home. So I was trying to get <clears throat> some kind of, um, I don't know, recognition or whatever you want to call it outside of the house you know sure and of course it was the 80s uh so back then you know um cocaine was a glamorized drug in the 80s you know it was like considered you know a drug of choice for the elite or whatever you want right. to call it so right. it was one of those things where i was very impressionable in fact the doctor got me involved with using and, and wow. even selling a medical doctor wow so yeah i mean it was just and here i am this impressionable kid i'm going to the gym, you know, working out. And I have this, this doctor back then who's, who's dealing drugs and being a physician. And, uh, and here I am a pre-med biology major in college. So I'm thinking, well, geez, you know, these, these are, these are my role models at the time. Right. Right. You know? So, so then let's, let's, we're about, we're a little over halfway through. And, and so let's go to the legal challenges and then, and then let people know how, you know, how they can find you also, because you've got a very, very compelling story here. Thank you. So what happened was I got in trouble in 2000 or 2000, 1988. Uh, I went through three federal trials, uh, mistrials uh, through the grace of God. I was, I ended up with probation uh, out of it all. And um, I decided to go back, finish up my degree in biology chemistry, uh, applied uh, to physician assistant programs and um, applied to some real good schools back then and uh, had interviews with some medical schools. I didn't get in. In 1980, or I'm sorry, 1998, I started a medical house call practice. Um, I started hiring physicians and I enjoyed more of the uh, business side of the medical industry. Started a medical house call practice. I was a hand practice manager for about 11 years. We saw over 10,000 patients in their homes. And you were um, clean and sober at that time now? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I've been clean okay. and sober 20, not, well about almost 30 years now. Okay. All right. That's so after right. I got in, yeah, after I got in trouble, it was one of them things where I was just like, enough was enough. That was it. I just decided I'm not going to get in trouble anymore. That's it. It was my learning lesson. Yeah. So then you, so let's, let's kind of come up to today. So your, your passion, what, what gets you up in the morning today? What gets me up in the morning today is, um, well, Willing to uh, where I'm at today uh, was after 21 years in business. Uh, oh gosh, about five years ago, six years ago, seven years already, I became a saved Christian. Um, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and um, I heard a lot of messages about. Um, you know, a lot of messages at church about your purpose and your plan in life. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, purpose and plan. I have to really pray about this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm praying about my purpose and my plan. And I, I'm, and my, at that time, my sister was going to school at the university. 
seven years ago studying an advanced degree in education and I looked into drug counseling program. The drug counseling program had a two-year track for uh, your associates. And um, so what I decided to do was it, was, it was very cost prohibitive for two degree uh, from Liberty University. So I decided to uh, go through a coaching program, a uh, life coaching program through the Institute for Life Coach Training. Okay. And I did that. I looked into it and, and I said, well, I'll become a life coach. And at that time I was serving over at the Las Vegas Rescue Mission. I was just serving lunches on a Saturday for a couple hours. And um, so um, what happened is I got an email one day while I was going through this program at the Institute for Life Coach Training to become a life coach. And uh, I had decided at that point I wanted to to commit my life to um, recovery coaching and help those who are struggling with addictions, primarily substance abuse. and um, I get an email from a pastor, a Pastor Chavez at that time, and it says, he says, I get this flyer in this email, and he says, do you want to get into recovery coaching? And I'm like, wow, this is great. I'm studying to become a life coach and transition it into recovery coaching. So I'm learning recovery coaching at Institute for Life Coach Training. My mentor was a gentleman by the name of Michael Pantalon, who teaches addiction and recovery. Uh, to medical school students at the Yale School of Medicine on the secular side and on the faith-based side I learned um, what's called the Genesis recovery process which was developed by a gentleman by the name of Michael Dye had a 70% success rate for uh, those who were struggling with addictions yeah and let's let's say that again 70% 70% that's you if the client is uh, compliant to the program, sticks with the program, and they're ready for the change. So there right. are some requirements to that. Right. There's a caveat right. to that. Right. But if for they're sure. motivated for the change, stick to the program, they uh, have a 70 percent success rate with the program. Right. And it's a faith-based program that encompasses um, cognitive uh, therapy, uh, uh, neuro neurobiology. Um, and uh, relapse prevention, okay? okay. <clears throat> and um, it's a great program. Uh, it's got in, in biblically, biblical principles, some biblical principles that are infused into the program. But it's a great program. And that's what really got my attention with this particular program because it's a program that doesn't, um, it doesn't, you don't depend on yourself for, the, for full recovery. You depend on the principles of faith and of, of, well, of faith. And so that was more appealing to me. And um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I ended up getting a um, certified as a recovery counselor in the Genesis process. And this is what I like to use for my particular program. Good. So how, so we're, we're a little over time already, but I could, we could go on for a long time because I, I just love, like I said a minute ago, I, I just love your passion for wanting to help. And Thank anybody you. that's listened Thanks. to me on here, that's, I just want to save people, save lives uh, Thank for you. sure. 
So, yes. so you've probably drawn, sparked a lot of interest. How do people, how do people find you or what, what's your website or how do they contact you? The web is, um, so what I did is I transferred everything into a nonprofit. Um, it's a 501c3. And so what I did is I broke down the program into a 20 week program where uh, I transitioned it and I guess I was a little bit ahead of the curve on this whole COVID-19 thing and <laughs> social distancing, being able to do, um, take basically a telemedicine platform, which is what I had started about 10 years ago. I started the very first telemedicine website where not only have I been, been doing a bricks and mortar medical practice, but I also started the first telemedicine website 10 years ago for patients and for clients to bridge that gap to do teleconsults. So I'm doing the same thing with the um, recovery coaching um, program. It's a face-to-face FaceTime, which is, I guess, works out really well now. Right. With this whole social distancing thing. Right. And um, it works out really well because um, you can do it at your, your, your convenience. You can schedule the appointments. Um, the website is www.recoverycoachingalliance.org. That's www.recoverycoachingalliance.org. Or okay. they can go to www.trinityrecoverycoaching.org. I do use the same platform, which is the Genesis Recovery Process, because, again, I feel it works out really well for a lot of clients. Uh, there's actual interactive exercises, not physical exercises, but like exercises like written exercises. So I kind of track and trend your recovery, the recovery process for the client uh, with almost a hands-on, you know, face-to-face, FaceTime type situation. So it's like being at at a counselor's office, you know, a recovery counselor's office, except we're just doing it on FaceTime through Perfect. a platform. Perfect. Let's okay. Talk interactive. Okay. So here's, we, we, we are over time. So we'll, we'll have you on another time. Thank um, you. Ladies and gentlemen, if, as always, if you want to reach out to me, my office number is 321-757-HOPE. Again, that's 321-757-HOPE. If you are interested in a free download of my ebook that's titled The Five Common Mistakes When Pursuing Recovery, just text CHAMPION, that's CHAMPION, to 66866. And again, I just want to thank Jim for taking time out of his crazy busy schedule and these unprecedented times to just share a, a good amount of his, his story as well as the wisdom and the passion that he has for wanting to help. Make your life a mission, not an intermission. And I hope you found this information today helpful. And look for the replay of of this to be available on the usual podcast online outlets like Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, and others. So as we sign off for now, have a blessed day and be extraordinary today. Thanks. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help you support your kid's future career as a teacher. Uh, airplane driver? Um, no, their career as a hairstyle designer. As a dinosaur doctor? Oh, their future job as a windmill builder. No, an ice cream taster. You know what? We just don't know what they want to be yet. But while they figure it out and dream big, we're here to help you save for what comes next, whatever that may be. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Thank you.
When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to comcastbusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.